There is a great deal of confusion about the Holy Spirit. Who or what is He? What is His ministry in the world today? How does one even get the Holy Spirit? Today, on Enjoying the Journey, we learn what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. What better way to learn about the Holy Spirit than to learn from the authoritative words of Jesus Christ Himself? Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. There is no power on earth like the power of Almighty God. There are many types of power in this world. There's nuclear power. There is political power, economic power. Uh, There's the power of education, the power of personality and influence, the power of peer pressure, the power of tradition. On and on and on you can go. All different types of power. But I repeat again, there is no power like the power of our God. And that power is revealed and at work in our world at this present time in the person of the Holy Spirit. Remember, God is a spirit, and God has sent the spirit of his Son into the heart of every believer. God has sent the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world to work and to draw men to himself. And that's the greatest power there there is. And I'm thrilled to say to you, it is a power that we have access to. Not for our ends, not for our purposes, but for God's. Now, over the last several studies, we have been looking at what Jesus taught about the person of the Holy Spirit, and we really have confined our study to that handful of chapters in the Gospel according to John, John chapter 14, 15, 16, and then, of course, the high priestly prayer of Jesus that concluded it in John chapter 17. I want to turn our attention in these closing studies on this subject to the last thing that Jesus said about the person of the Holy Spirit before he left the disciples. And that is recorded for us in Acts chapter number 1. Think of it this way. John 14 through 16 was the last thing Jesus said about the Holy Spirit on his way to the cross. Acts chapter 1 is the last thing Jesus told about the Holy Spirit on his way to the throne. So he's getting ready to ascend. He's getting ready to do exactly what he had prophesied and promised to do, and that was leave the disciples. He's getting ready to fulfill the the promise that he made that he would send the Holy Spirit into their hearts. And in that context, he reminds them that when the Holy Spirit comes, they will have power. Here's the verse. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. He says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth. Literally, the word here for power is the word for enabling. In other words, Jesus said, I've told you what to do, but I'm going to enable you to do it. Isn't this wonderful that God doesn't just give commands, he gives enablings? That the Lord doesn't just have expectations of us, he has enablings for us. He literally gives us himself We make excuses for our disobedience. We make excuses and try to place blame on other people for why we're not doing what we ought to do. But the reality is, Peter said, we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you and I are not doing what we ought to do, it's not God's fault and it's not somebody else's fault. It's our own fault. Because if we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, we have divine power. This word power is used 11 times in the book of Acts. And I I would suggest to you it really is the story of the New Testament church. 
It's the story of the church that Christ started, and this is the first mention of it. Oh, I love this thought. The Lord Jesus Christ always expected that his people would operate in his power, not our power. I meet so many frustrated Christians and so many exhausted Christian workers. And might I say, there are frustrations in life, and sometimes we do get exhausted, but the Lord never meant for us to run on fumes and to live in our own energy and try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and make something happen. No, friend, he expected us to depend and draw from the power of the Holy Spirit. Think of this. Without the Holy Spirit, these disciples were just men. No, let me go a step further. They weren't just men. They were powerless men. They were powerless disciples. Do you remember what Jesus had said to them? He said, without me, ye can do nothing. Not a little bit. You can do absolutely nothing. You see, this power is a person. It is not something. It's not a force. It is someone. It is the person of the Holy Spirit of God. I believe we see so little power demonstrated today because there's so little faith at work in our generation. You see, the power of God is always connected to faith. These disciples were going to have to believe that when Jesus left them, when they couldn't see him, when they couldn't sense him, when they couldn't understand all that he was doing, that the Holy Spirit of God would be more than enough. Think of it this way. I said a moment ago, there, there's the power of personality. Well, friend, there's never been a personality like Christ. What a beautiful, winsome, attractive person he was in every way, lovely in every way. But now Christ was gone. And so what power would they depend on? Oh, the power of the Holy Spirit would bring that beauty into their lives. What about political power? In the day and age these disciples were living in, they were looking for some answer to Rome. They were looking for some revolution. And they were even at this very moment in Acts chapter 1 being hunted as followers of Jesus the Nazarene. And yet Jesus is teaching them the power you need is not political. The power you need is spiritual. And what about the power of money? Oh, here we go, economic power. If we just had some funds, we could really get something done. I've learned in the Lord's work that the problem is never a money problem. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Lord takes care of his servants and he funds his own work. Oh, the Lord's not running dry on resources today. The problem is never money. The problem is we're not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, these men were poor men. They, they would live basically in poverty even the rest of their lives. This was not some health and wealth gospel they were preaching. This was not some comfortable Christianity they were embarking on. This was not them living in relative ease. They would become martyrs for their faith, but there was a power that exceeded material things. What was it? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. This was not mere determination, saying we're going to get something done, we're going to make something happen. Think of this. Every one of these disciples at this point had failed. Uh, Peter had cursed and sworn and said he didn't know the man. All the disciples had forsaken him in the garden. They've been living in fear. They've been living with questions. And it's at that moment that Jesus said to them, I'm going to give you power. You see, it is not something we work up. It's something God sent down. Acts 1-8 would be fulfilled just a chapter later in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to indwell every believer. And I'm glad to report to you today, he still lives in every believer. 
You don't have to go looking for the Holy Spirit. What you have to do is acknowledge that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. And if that is true, think of this. You have Almighty God with you at this moment. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. Recently, I was staying in a hotel in the middle of the night. The power went out, and uh, there was a power outage. Interesting. Uh, But the moment it went out, it was marked by several things. There was darkness. There were lots of strange alarms that went off. Uh, Things were not working properly in the facility. Might I say to you, when God's people do not operate in the power that God has provided, darkness increases. Lots of strange things start to happen. Things don't work properly. Friend, we cannot move forward apart from the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And so I want to challenge you to spend a little time in Acts chapter 1. We'll come back to it in our next study and talk more about this power. But know this, this power is the power of the person who lives in you, the power of the Holy Spirit. As we listen to the teaching from our Savior about the Holy Spirit, we can be confident that we are learning from the one who is the personification of truth. We hope you'll make your way to our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, and search for helpful resources with more teaching about the Holy Spirit. You'll find podcasts, articles, and full-length Bible messages that will deepen your understanding about the Holy Spirit. Also on our website, you can click on the events link and follow Scott's preaching schedule. If he is preaching in your area, he would love the opportunity to meet you. Once again, thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll share today's podcast with a friend and make plans to join us next time on Enjoying the Journey.